Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Anna Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in the space. This week is episode 14 of season three. We're going to have a discussion around Azure Private Link, a service to secure access to Azure resources via an Azure virtual network. Hey, Alan, uh, how's your week been? Hey, Sam, it's been uh, an interesting one. How about yours? Yeah, I haven't really had much exciting happen to me uh, compared to you. Alan, do you want to spill the beans to um, to the audience? Yeah, sure. So over the weekend, beginning of the month, I um, I got awarded uh, Most va- Valuable um, Professional by, for Microsoft Insecurity. So I'm now a Microsoft MVP in security. That is amazing. Well done, Alan. That is that is un- unbelievable. And um, what what do you uh, what's what, what do you think sort of uh, the biggest sort of con- contributing factor to the to the MVP? Um, what do you think sort of secured it for you? So I think there's definitely a couple of things, but um, one of them is definitely doing this um, this podcast and helping everyone else that listens. Uh, to this to uh, you know to gain insights or uh, you know learn from us so that's the whole the whole point of this podcast and we'll continue to uh, do it won't we so yeah definitely yeah i mean um i suppose that that from from what i can tell um i have obviously haven't been through that process is is the most important part is is your um input and you know in what you give back to the community right you know so um producing content on a um you know on a on a schedule like we do and um and reaching the people that we do is 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 definitely important from from that perspective yeah definitely and um the other part to it is probably some of the um the product community side of things that we do the customer connect programs things like that to help you know give back to or give feedback to and influence products in private previews so yeah help, well you know help microsoft help the community and make sure i'm got lots of um you know knowledge and that and keeping up with it all which is the the fun and difficult part at the same time yeah yeah definitely well (laughs) that's where this uh podcast sort of came from really to be totally honest with you right it was um us um you know uh, visiting sort of um different aspects of azure you know and then realizing like what new stuff had been released since the last <laughs> time we looked at it and going wow you know the amount of uh <laughs> what they release is microsoft releases is just uh crazy the speed it the speed it you know which they change is is unbelievable so never no, uh well done alan uh mvp status is yeah pretty insane uh thing to you. get to and i suppose we should probably extend that thank you out to the listeners really you know and, and the support that we've had from the podcast because you know, w- without with, without people tuning in and, and listening, I suppose it may not have ever happened, right? You know, um, so, so you know, it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to, um, I don't think we would have continued doing the podcast if we didn't have people listening. Yeah. It kind of worth, felt pointless, I guess, in some form. But um, yes, thank you for, for listening and and hopefully, you know, we do get value from us. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, so well done, Alan. Um, yeah, and then plenty more content to, to, to come from both of us. So yeah, uh, amazing news. Okay, so um, this week, Alan, uh, what, what are we what are we learning about this week? So we're going to talk about the the Azure Private Link, Private Service, Private Endpoint sort of uh, functionality within Azure. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. And and Alan's going to take us through. Um, I'm going to ask as many probing and awkward questions as I possibly can. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try and uh, tease as much knowledge out of um, Alan's brain um, because uh, Private Link is definitely something that Alan is um, uh, reasonably familiar with. I, I would say, but yeah, most <laughs> of it, not all of it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, definitely. We, we we've definitely um, used uh, parts of of uh, these services um in production environments so uh but but like everything else in azure um it does much more than you know anything that we've ever um uh, touched with it as well so okay let's let's jump right in then um so alan can you just give us sort of a high level bird's eye view of uh, what is um azure private link sure so azure private link is a way to <clears throat> uh, secure access um yeah, secure access to um, Azure resources like um, that are platform as a service or potentially a partner or service that is done by, you know, um, a company um, providing private access via um, an Azure virtual network. So instead of you having to um, go over the internet for it and, um, you know, on the on the services, you know, lock down the firewall and, and things like that, now to manage that, um, this provides a different way of um, getting to those services. So there's, there's two parts to it. Um, and one of them is the private endpoints, um, which is kind of the point where you, you sort of connect to. Um, and then there's this private link service, um, which we'll talk about later. Okay, so so let me just ask a really sort of dumb question, right? If If... Traditionally, we might connect to um, some sort of service via the internet, right? External access, maybe with like a firewall and, you know, um, access rules and front doors and X, Y, and Z. Can, can a private link only be connected to via um, resources inside of Azure then? Is that, is that, that the point of it, into um, Azure communication, if that makes sense? Yeah, so, so yeah, it's... It's bringing those, you know, going out to the internet, um, even if it is, you know, you're talking to Azure resources in Azure kind of thing. You you kind of, I guess, from a network perspective, you maybe not leave Microsoft, but you come from a an outbound or a, um, you know, an internet-facing endpoint, egress point into that service. So even if you come out of, you know, in effect, come out of Azure slightly and then go back into it, if that makes sense. Um, but from, you know, from an internet level, side of things so you've got to secure those ends this is using microsoft's backbone or the private link service to in effect talk directly and in- internally um with like in effect it's kind of, i suppose it's kind of like a direct private connection to that to your service whatever it might be sql etc and we'll talk about what the different types are later but yeah i think that's kind of the idea that you're bringing it you'll bring it you're making it private so it's not you know it's not subject to the internet at all. Okay, so in my simplistic sort of um, uh, brain, if you, if you had a a virtual machine with two network interfaces, one would go privately and one would go publicly, or is it does it does it run in a different sort of on a different level? Yeah, than that, I, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it, that you're you're hooking your platform as a service, um, you know, SQL directly into your virtual network so you've given yeah you've given it a new nick 
to your 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 vnet your virtual network okay <clears throat> and it has the possibility to go over the internet as well that right, service but okay. you can yeah. you can then lock it down to say i don't want it to go out to the internet i only want it to go via a, a virtual network okay right that okay that makes um that makes a lot of sense okay um so you talked about two parts in, in in that overview um what what, what is private endpoint so private endpoint is the the part that your that the uh, the the user the the consumer I guess is the is the right way the consumer of the service um, connects to, and that is a um, uh, it's an IP address or a a, a NIC private endpoint sort of it's called a private endpoint but it's in effect it's a NIC on your sub one of your subnets that then points to that then has a you know a name of that service so if you if if you've got like your sql it'll be your sql um you know your sql name that you've given it and the, the you know the dns for it whatever it is in azure um i can't remember their 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 file form the the, you know, the format of it but um it'll be that dns and basically you can point to that and then that will go directly to your your sql server or your file storage account etc um to it so it's the it's the point at which you point everything to or your 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 access goes to that ip address or ip address is if it's a service that needs multiples um and then you go via that private link for it so the the benefit of this is that it's in a virtual network um which means then potentially instead of um your on-premise services your your access or your other cloud services that need to access that storage account or sql um you can hook them up to a VPN into Azure, and then they can go privately over that VPN to that service without going over the internet. So again, that's another way of like protecting your your connection. So you don't have to worry about exposing that service um, out to the internet to Azure or to AWS or to your on-premise network. You do it over your VPNs, your your network that you control with all your. Um, yeah, your your um firewall rules, your NSG rules, etc. Okay, so so we keep our we keep our NIC connected to our VNet um as we normally would, and effectively what you're saying is that private endpoint then gets like plugged in like another NIC into that you know virtual network, and you've you've effectively got like another route that you can follow to to that um to that PaaS service but you're not transiting via the internet it's internal backbone of azure is is that how i've understood that to the resource itself yes but from then on if you're going outside of azure so maybe you've got i suppose the example is um if we talk about azure virtual desktop avd we all talk to the storage account to do our profiles we could potentially get our profiles to go over the internet, but you know, and it would be SSL and things like that. But why? Kind of, it, it kind of seems if you think about it, it's all about latency for that because you bring up your profile quite quickly to that machine. So there is potentially um, speed um, improvements that way as well. But you know, you hook up the private, you know, your storage account to the private endpoint, and then those VMs just talk to a local IP address to get it the magic behind it. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to get to it. They don't have to worry about the internet. They just go straight to it. And 
in effect, you could build a, a service across multiple um, Azure resources. You know, you have logic apps, function apps, web app service, things like that, all talking on this local network that you can secure because you could, in effect, say no one can access that that connection. It's all private. You know, it might not be connected to a VPN or anything. It might just be that that is your your mechanism for all your services to talk across, but no one can access it because it's it's literally you know, a private you know, um, network there. So you haven't got to worry about people trying to decrypt anything in between over the internet. You know, those worst case scenarios where they're trying to decrypt a key or whatever, that's just not exposed to anybody. No, I suppose the only, it's it's only Microsoft at that point, isn't it? Right, because it's all in theory, all internal, yeah. right? You know, so my, my, my thought is, so let, let me just get this, get this, uh, in my head, sorry. If I've got an an IaaS web server, let's say, let's say I, my web server is an app service for a minute. Um, I've got a web server that connects to a database of some sort, like SQL Azure mm-hmm. or something like that. I um, connect my web server into my VNet. I connect my SQL Azure database uh, into that VNet as well using private endpoint. Then I can, I don't need to. Um, have any sort of public exposure of that database and then maybe like you know um the other way around is if you transit via the internet you could which wouldn't be best practice i would never set it up this way but you could <laughs> on the public egress you know of the database server you could basically you know put the ip address of the web server and then just you know talk to it directly you know externally if that makes sense None of that happens now. The database can be completely disconnected from sort of any sort of public network access and it just be connected into that VNet for access at, at that point. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it yeah. becomes like having a a SQL server, you know, a, you know, a virtual machine SQL server being on that on that network and you could talk into it. You're just, because it's part, you know, platform as a service. Correct. It's yes, normally, okay. you know, exposed yeah. internet kind of thing. You're now just in effect hooking it up like it was a you know a, a database that was on a server and that's why you're talking about paz right because paz is is somebody else's environment it's not your vnet is it right you know in, in your environment okay that makes sense yeah okay amazing so um so we've talked about paz um what are sort of some of the services that support um private endpoint so i checked this out because we only we only use a couple of them um, in the work we do, but there's 46 services that use it. Wowza. <laughs> um, which is quite a lot. Um, and quite a lot of it, when you think about it, kind of makes sense. So uh, Azure Cognitive Services. So if you're, I think, kind of what you were saying last week, the week before, the week before that, I can't remember, two, three weeks ago. weeks ago, yeah, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, if you're processing a lot of data that may be sensitive, you don't want it to be trans, you know, it doesn't need to transit over the internet. Correct. Yeah, um, definitely. It can go over this private link to it. So you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. And and again, you might have services on premise that it wants to access it. But you don't want to, again, you don't want to expose it going over the internet at that yeah, point. So definitely. you can go, go over a VPN from your on-premise to Azure and then into the VNet and then it can access those services. So it kind of makes sense. So um, Azure Analytics. So this is Long Analytics. Um, Azure Data Explorer, I think there's um, Data Factory in there. There's loads of things in there. Um, but we you know, we use it heavily for, um, or potentially for log analytics with Microsoft Sentinel and bring in a 
logs from on-premise up via their VPN instead of going over the internet. So go via, um, you know, the uh, AMA agent, Azure monitoring agent, and things like that. So that's one thing we use it for. Um, Azure functions, um, logic apps kind of all make sense, you know, talking to local stuff on the VNet or it processing, uh, you know, connecting to other data sources. Uh, containers, database, like I said, the you know, the Azure SQLs and things like that. Um, Azure IoT Hub kind of makes sense if you've got your IoT data going to it and you've got some stuff on-prem or however they connect somewhere to get over to it. Um, Azure Management. So potentially you can bring in your um, the Azure. So, so this is really talking around Azure Arc. Where you're able to um, you know, bring that service going over a private link as well, because you may not want to expose the um, the endpoints you're talking to to the internet to have internet access. So that's another reason why you might use private link, because you don't want to. You know, you might have a domain controller, maybe you don't want to give it outbound internet to Azure Arc, which is using you know, using DNS. You know, if someone compromises the DNS, then you know that you can get out somewhere. I guess. Um, this brings it in-house over the VPN so you can protect that that sort of communication. Um, storage, so, you know, Azure files, blob storage, etc., and app service. Um, that's the kind of high-level ones there because, like, under SQL, there's all the various SQL-like types um, in there, and same with uh, Azure Analytics and Cognitive Services. There's quite a few services in there. So, um, but, yeah, there is loads, and which we'll probably talk about later. It can be other services that you, that maybe a, a partner or a, or a company um, provides, or even maybe what you might want to provide. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay, great. Um, so how how easy is it to to set up? Um, it it sounds, mm, it does it does sound quite more more advanced if if that makes sense because just you know going out via the internet. Uh, could it seems maybe not the best practice, but it could it could be potentially a lot easier. Is, is it complex to set up? So it's not. I'd say it's uh, some services may be more complex than others. So Azure Monitor um, has quite a few endpoints. You have to do a few extra bits you have to do to get it to to work. Um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's very difficult to configure. Most of it. Is sort of going through the portal and selecting some stuff. Um, the things to think about is what network you want it to connect to. What is consuming that um, endpoint? You know, is it is it on premise? Is it just in that VNet? Is it in another VNet somewhere that you're peering from and things like that? Um, and do you have to provide um, IPs for them? So I. Uh, for me, it's best to probably have a separate subnet for all your private endpoints for that service so that you at least you know where they all are kind of thing. And then you can give it like a big subnet if you need to, things like that. Because I think um, like storage account needed one, you know, one IP, one private endpoint, so it doesn't need too much. But I think like um, Azure Monitor needed five or six um, because of all the different DNS names and things like that that it uses. So you've got to consider that. Um, one of the main things is that it's all done based on DNS. 
So you can't just you go to the IP. It kind of resolves the the name of it to make sure it's valid to go down that that private link. You can't just like throw an IP address at it. Um, so you've got to make sure your DNS is correct. So in Azure and a you know and a, and a VNet, then um, the private endpoint will create a private zone for the 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 Microsoft service that it's it's yeah, redirecting in effect, and tell it to point to those IP addresses. Now, if you're in Azure, if you're using, um, you're redirecting your DNS not to the default Microsoft, you know, settings on your VNet. You're going to your domain controller, or maybe you're trying to get on-premise services talking to it. Then you have to put those, you know, you have to create those zones in effect in DNS or in your DNS service to tell it to point to that that IP address, and that's done manually at that point. Um, they tell you, you know, the, the the setup tells you what you need to do. So it's not like you, it's not like you have to guess it or anything like that. But if you're not um, if you're not using the Azure like default DNS on a VNet, um, then yeah, you've got to do it yourself in effect. So, but apart from that, generally it's not too bad. It's just it's just really around the DNS side of things to make sure you get that right, because some of the services. Some of the services can only go to one endpoint as well, like I think Azure Monitor, because it's just a, a specific service rather than your instance of it. Everything like Azure Monitor has to go to this private endpoint, um, and then it goes that's in that D, in effect that DNS environment, um, and then it has to yeah then then you can specify which um, services can talk to it on that um, that endpoint, but. Yeah, generally it's not too bad, and deployment wise, you know, you can do it via Terraform. You, know, you can do it in structures code. Um, me and Sam have done that, and it's uh, Azure Monitor is definitely um, interesting. I think to say the least, isn't it, Sam? There's quite a few bits to it, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think um, that is more of an advanced. I'll call Quite it an advanced point, yeah. um, scenario, if that makes sense, yeah. right? Because that's like, um, but because we're effectively grabbing, you know, specific telemetry off of those machines, right? For various different mm -hmm. reasons, right? Um, but, you know, it, it seems like to me, if you had a, let's say you had a private Azure function, yeah, but you didn't want publicly exposed to the internet, um you know, I assume that connection would be very, very simple, yeah. wouldn't it? Right, because it it's it wouldn't need anywhere near. You know, if I was going to like, you know, I as Azure, you know, uh, straight to that, that would be relatively simplistic, wouldn't it? You know, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think you go. I mean, I'd have to double check, but I think you can go to the service itself and go. I want to add it to a private. Yeah. You know, to yeah, a, yeah. a net, a, you know, a VNet. It adds it, and basically, it creates the private link for you it's it's that exactly, sort yeah. of trivial yeah. per se yeah. um yeah almost uh, i i know there's like billing tiers that are that are involved in some of these PaaS services right you know yeah. um uh, i i'm not sure specifically for like logic apps and i can't remember can a can a workflow logic app be connected to private endpoint it can't it's standard no, it has only, to be a, a yeah. proper one yeah yeah so that'll be the same for uh, many of the other different yeah function apps and well app service will be fine because app service is sort of isolated itself once you get past your basic tiers that you quote shouldn't be using in production um so okay 
yeah so 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 that that experience is relatively simplistic and so because what i'm thinking about is i'm thinking about like why you wouldn't do that you know what why you wouldn't do it um because it it doesn't really from what i've seen in my personal experience with it it's probably less work to connect it if your service supports you know like you say from the portal private endpoint just clicking a button to create the connection is like easier than modifying firewall rules and dodging around the outside of things right you know yeah and you might be that um you know if you think about people wanting to um uh, access the we'll talk about sequel sequel because it always seems to be a thing i can think about but you know say you wanted you had a uh, i don't know if you'd do this or not but you know if you had a dev that wanted to access the sequel to do some testing against it maybe or doing some maintenance on it you know so they would sounds dangerous to, Alan. <laughs> yes but yeah yeah I do. even <laughs> even doing maintenance on it you know running you know connecting to it and then you no, know updating I've... the schema or whatever you know um only missing yeah yeah that i know i know but um they may have to connect to it directly, which means they're going to go into the firewall, open up a port temporarily. Yeah. Sam's in my change. PM stress. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then forget about it. And then the local, you know, the internet provider re, you know, read does all the IPs and whatever. And then that's now someone else has got technically access to it. May, they may not know that, but you know, um, this, yeah, or, this or, effect or, means, you know, or even worse than that, like any to any, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seen yeah, that. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just doing a change. Just open it for temporarily. Yeah, I'll close it. Um, but this basically means that they can only do it do it via accessing the corporate network or going to, you know, if they had a VPN, you know, the Azure um, gateway um, in place, then they could just VPN to that and then access it or access all the services for that product kind of thing. So yeah, and if you another... and if your networking is all centered around VNets in Azure. There's no like point-to-point VPNing or anything like that in place, is there? To 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 make those routes, if that makes sense, right? It's not like you have to, you know, VPN to the VNet and then VPN out to the service. It's just it's it's directly there. connected yeah. in securely, isn't it? Right. So yeah, that's that, that's really powerful, definitely. Okay, so um, so are there any other benefits of um a private link? So we kind of talked about quite a lot of them. Um, one of them, you know, one of them is you know privately accessing these services, which is kind of what we talked about. Um, allowing on-premise and peered networks to talk to them. So again, you can talk to other, um, you know, it could be you know talking to the, your storage account privately from AWS or on-premise or G, you know GCP or other clouds or data centers, etc. Um, it protects against I guess kind of um, against data leakage. And the reason for that is that you're not able to access any of the other parts of the service on that network. Um, So because you're limiting it to certain services, um, it means you can't really access any other parts of it. So it might be that, um, say... Say you've got your, your your web service, you've got your SQL, things like that, and it's all on the same subnet. And then you've got a user that can then consume the website. I mean, you wouldn't do that. You you tear it off. But um, say that was a scenario, then that user could technically 
talk to the database directly if they knew how to, and you know maybe firewall rules that were not configured correctly, things like that. This is saying in effect that actually that user can only talk to the the service that you want them to, and then anything else could be um, connected other ways as well. To it, so you're kind of seg segregating what users can consume or what your website can consume, because maybe you've got different tiering from the the app itself. That maybe it can only talk to that database, and then that database is updated by other services, but it's not in the same subnet, bnet. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Kind of yeah, yeah, because you're keeping you're keeping everything, all of the um, connected services. I'll call them right. Uh, like all those PaaS solutions, um, you're keeping them isolated and only doing those endpoints where you need them in the VNets that you need them. So like you say, if you've got your public web server and that public web server is in a VNet, which is like your public VNet, it's not your public VNet, but it's what your public, you know, um, services are connected to on the, you know, on the VNet side, you, you've got a private link to that database. But then, like you say, if you've got like a cron job that runs every night, the box that runs that cron job doesn't need to be in that VNet, does it? It can be in a, another VNet and it can have its own, link, yeah. yeah, with its own private link um, to that PaaS resource, right? So you 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 do get segregation. You can really granularly des design your network infrastructure to really restrict access, you know, and blast radius, right? Because if somebody Correct, yeah. if somebody pones the if somebody gets access to the, you know, the web server, they could, in theory, connect to the, the, um, the database, um, but they wouldn't maybe be able to then transit to other systems, if that makes sense, right? Because that that cron job might run all, all it might be connected to five or six different systems, and it might be quite Correct, a, yeah. you know, highly connected um, application, if if that makes sense. In my yeah, and that and that scenario. cron job yeah. could be in a private subnet that has no internet access whatsoever yeah exactly that it, yeah. it literally yeah. just is on its own you can't even get to it yeah definitely yeah no that seems yeah it seems really powerful yeah so another one is global reach so i didn't know this but in effect you can add a private link into one subnet in say uk self that's talking to a service that is in uh in america in west eu or west us sorry or east, oh, I can't remember. East US, US yeah. East, yeah. Is US it, is, East, sorry. Is that how the way it's, it's, it's not East US? No, it's East, it's East, yeah, it's US. East US. It's East US, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I had to do this recently for a customer. But, uh, um, but yes, and it's just directly connected. So you don't have to create, you don't have to create VPNs and things like that to talk to it. It's, it's globally reachable. Right, okay. So, so these links so, can transit regions as well. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, that's insane. I thought it had to be in the same region yeah. as the service, but you don't. Okay. So So I guess that's that's potentially you could potentially say it's going over Microsoft's backbone at that point. So latency and speed may be better than it going over the internet between the regions. That would be my assumption. Potentially. Yeah. I, I yeah, I I've never tested that and no. You know, but I think it's probably better off to say that that's secure global reach or private global reach, right? Because you're yeah. able to transit over Microsoft's managed like backbone without having to set up 
anything there. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, and the the last one is um I kind of mentioned it before is you can put your own services behind an endpoint. So if you've got a web app, things like that, you want to you know that is a service to a to a you know to a bunch of customers, they can ac- access it privately through their VNets to your service. Okay, amazing. Can I just ask one question? Mm-hmm. Um, so the service is Azure Private Link, and we've spoken quite a lot previously about private endpoints. That's that's basically the mechanism um, that's used within uh, Azure Private Link. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, you did mention, and this is why I asked this uh, asked this question because um, you mentioned um, the Azure private no the private link service. It's probably called Azure private link service. Yeah, it is. My, yeah, yeah just put Azure in front of everything. My notes don't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, private link service. Um, w- what is that? Is is that part of uh, uh, the private link like product family? Uh, if if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is. This is actually the the service itself. So this is this is the the the, the fabric, I guess. That or this is what's running the Azure Private Link service is what's running on that PaaS service. If that makes sense. So that is the bit that is running on uh, that Microsoft's a man that Microsoft is managing at, at scale for their you know their storage, their SQL things like that. But the the Azure Private Link service is your version of it. Where you can provide, like I, like I was saying just now, your service, your web, your web app, your whatever it might be, um, you're able to provide that to a user or to you know to customers or partners or you know whoever um, privately via their VNets. So you've got like a, a multi, yeah, you've got a, um, I don't know, a scanning, a, I don't know, you. Uh, uh, enterprise, you know, an IoT hub maybe that's um, collecting loads of data. I think that's probably a bad example. It's more, more of like you've got a, a web service. Let's, yeah, let's say is... you had a third party that had some sort of API that you needed to privately connect to. Would that, would that be yeah. what you would use it for? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they have an API there. Instead of it being exposed to the internet, you can give people access via a private endpoint for your service. So not just PaaS services, but actually your own services, or you can consume customer services via it. Which well, I think it's very when we say powerful. external, we're we're also talking external to the the uh, the VNet that you're the, currently in. So it still could be within organization, right? Like different teams, yes. um, different teams exposing APIs internally to be consumed by yes. other teams. Yeah, without without having to. I guess without having to create VPNs in between to connect to it, you could create a a VNet, a um, a private link service, and then they could use the global reach to yeah. connect to it from yeah. whatever re- from other regions. Yeah, I'm thinking like APAC has got like you know, APAC region has got some API to export its sales data from. Boring, but yeah, whatever, right? Not to the <laughs> business. That's probably like most important part. But um, so APAC have got some. REST API that they've exposed to, you know, share their sales data, and you've maybe got a job that goes and downloads it every day. 
I don't know. Um, you could use the private link service to expose that API and then consume it from another VNet in a different region at that point without setting up a VPN. Correct. Yeah. And you get to choose who, when they, when people, when users or consumers uh, create their private endpoint for your service, you get to approve or deny them. So it's not just free gain and here you are. Cause in effect, once you've created that private link service and technically anybody could connect to it, if they knew the, the correct resource, I don't know how the connection works. I've never done it. It's the bit I've never done, but okay they can connect to it and then you'll see their connection, I guess, against a tenant and you go approval, deny access. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I can see that as well. Cause if you've got like, you know, maybe mergers, acquisitions and things like that, you, you may be even inside an organization, you might be mm. multi tenant, right. And different, you know, completely mm. different. Well, if it's different subscriptions, it's fair game anyway, it might as well just be a different tenant, I suppose. Right. So, so yeah. Okay. So, so how how do you do it? How do you set it up? What is it? So the, one of the main things you have to have for it to work is you need a, and I'm assuming there's premium load balancers, but a standard load balancer is the only one it works with. And basically you just have a load balancer in front of your service and then you in effect create the link. Um, and it in effect does it. And if, so you have to yeah there's there's a bit more to it than that but there's there's things like um you create um it has its own like svnet where you communicate you know you you basically turn the load balancer and the the service what ips it, it needs and where it's coming from the natting um and then it just creates that service you know through you know through the portal through other things and then that service is there and then you can give users access to it and then yeah, the, the consumer then goes through, puts in their the service ID when they create a new, you know, when they create a new um, private endpoint. So you provide them with a service ID. Um, and then it just goes to them and then you you get to approve or reject the request. Um, the only thing that it says that it needs is that load balancer in front. So if you have got a web service, you just need to put a load balancer in front of it. Um to man, I'm guessing it's because it's global. It's a global uh, load balancer. Global, aren't they? I think majority of the time is that right? No, they're not. Are they? I don't know. That's like no, front it's the, door, it's isn't the it? traffic manager, isn't it? Traffic manager is yeah, yeah, not yeah. load balancer. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, but... but the load balancer is across the region, isn't it? So it's quite and it's got it's quite high up there on the network stack kind of thing within Microsoft. So having that there then talks is able to talk to the private endpoint service backbone well, it's probably it's probably point. what's in front of all of those PaaS services for microsoft isn't Correct. it they should be yeah. using low ba- they'd be using their own load balancers i assume so it would make sense that they would just expose it in the same way that seems really powerful like um, um uh, you know quite a i suppose it's more of an advanced the, the whole private link um like thing is a more advanced concept anyway right you know we are talking about like you know truly private secure communications right um and being able to split across vnets as well right because that's the other i suppose that's the other thing isn't it because Hmm. yeah 
just th- just thinking about it and if you think about if you had your service all behind a um you know private link service all the consumer can see is the ip address for the website they see nothing else they have no access to anything else because all that all that private endpoint is talking to is your web service that you've specified it can't see anything else so even if you did it internally yeah so it's actually put it it's, it's more secure potentially than a vpn isn't it in some respects yeah, because you can't yeah yeah i suppose you do have the trust element that private link is actually private with inside of microsoft's backend systems right i suppose you don't control that do you but it does allow you to have better segregation doesn't it which is probably a higher risk i would have thought if somebody gets access yeah. to yeah well if someone so if someone compromises your 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 end users they can't see the back end correct it's just an yeah, IP address. It, it, exactly yeah <laughs> it's not like it's not like that consumer is connected into that provider whoever that is um via a vpn and they've got like direct access to the v the vnet provider side have they they've got a specific no. tunnel i'll call it a tunnel like into that that resource point in the point at a load balancer that is pointed at specific hosts for a specific workload right so mm. you're you're really narrowing you know that access into there right so yeah it does seem really powerful to me okay um so so we talked about that we can connect to microsoft's PaaS services with private uh private link um we've also uh now talked about that you can effectively roll your own uh, private links and, and make your own private endpoints so, sounds like really good to me but you know the, the 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 question we always ask each other is microsoft won't be doing it out of the good of their heart so um what, what will we have to uh, pay in order to get access to these um, types of um uh, this type of functionality so i knew i knew that private link private endpoint sorry wasn't too expensive if any if it did cost anything but um the private link service so setting it up is free so so creating the the service to make it available for people to consume is free and i, I was surprised about that well okay okay but before we get to that point if you're consuming microsoft's services is that just completely free no no. Okay. So, but you're talking about private link service. You creating your own connections at this. At yeah, this because moment. I think. Okay. It, yeah. Okay. I right. think in effect that's why I said it first because the private link service is free to create a service, which then makes it the same as all the other Got it. Okay. service. Okay. Sorry. Kind of yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that part is free. So, for a private endpoint, it is not point. Not not nine p per hour, which I think is around um, six pound sixty p per month, roughly. A quick calculation just now on that, which I think is too too bad. Um, and then you pay for your processing of data, so you pay for so in effect this becomes the same as outbound and inbound data or outbound data egress of data to over the internet that you get from a vnet anyway i think i don't know what the the rates are i've not compared that but this is if you're transferring not 
to one petabyte of data, um, it is 0.0082p per gigabyte. So it's 0.8p really of of per gigabyte of data if you're consuming a lot, which I don't think is too bad really. And it's it's point four point five p for um, if you're using one to five peta, um, petabytes, but it's the same rate for inbound and outbound through that endpoint. Okay, so okay, so internet egress from Azure out to the internet, right? Which would be classes accessing those other services technically. In theory, right? Because if you went to the public endpoint of a function app, then you are transiting, you're out to the internet, aren't you? Right? Yeah. It's back to Microsoft, but it's out to the internet. So you get your first 100 gigabytes a month for free. So there's that to think about, I suppose, from a purely cost perspective. I'm not talking about best practice or security hardening or anything like that. But you get your first 100 um, gigabytes per month for free. But there's different pricing per what regions you're egressing uh, from uh, egressing to as well. So if you're egressing from North America um, or Europe to any destination, so that's that would cover most of our use cases, it's 0.07 well, it's basically seven pence per gigabyte. Oh, okay. Right. So seven pence per gigabyte for your first ten terabytes. We'll just call it that, just to make it easier. It does jump down. Like the cheapest is four pence per gigabyte once you've consumed over the next three hundred and fifty terabytes. Right. But that's still yeah, still Cor- a lot more than correct because we're talking about this is. 0.8 of a pence per gigabyte of data transfer. For between zero and one petabytes yeah, yeah, of data. Exactly. And I think that's why, you know, these numbers are so different because if you do need to c- connect two systems together in Azure that do send a lot of data between each other, you do not want to be egressing um, to the to the internet, right? Um, the only The only thing I'd say, though, is... is what I don't understand is there are um, there's inter-region data transfer pricing on Microsoft's bandwidth page, so I'm not sure what you would use that for. That's probably peering and VPNing, I expect, to the other regions. But yeah, potentially, yeah. So that is uh, it's just slightly more expensive, basically, than this. It's actually twice the price. So, so basically, I, I, so you've got your six, you've got your seven pound base fee to do the connection, and then each terabyte is for that first petabyte is about eight pound twenty in our money. So per terabyte, so it's definitely going to be cheaper than internet egress, right? Mm. But I also don't know how, uh, from my professional experience i don't know how much it would cost to set up a like a point-to-point vpn you know what would be the license on the vpn software and then well how would you, you if you how think would about... you transit that data in azure anyway you well know? if you if you think about the the vpn gateway or the 
Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. The, but yeah, we'll, we'll call it the VPN gateway in Azure. The cheapest is £60 per month. And that's the basic one. And right. you need two of those. And then if you wanted to go, and that's basic, and there's not much functionality there, really. you need to go up to the 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 standard tiers. And that is going to be, I think, the cheapest one we were looking at the other day was £128. Right, yeah, because you just use that. Each side. Yeah. And you need to do that yeah. each side. So yeah. you're looking at £250 at that point. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot cheaper than than anything else, right? Yeah, providing your ser- your service can run like that, yes. If it's a service itself, not that you're trying to connect to different. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Like you know, you won't be able to RDP over it or anything like that. It's not like that sort of link. It's more around the the the, uh, the service itself. But yeah. And all that pricing could have been made up because I just looked at it on on the fly. So yeah, apologies <laughs> if we butchered the the the, the bandwidth and uh, pricing estimations there. But so what what we're thinking with what we're thinking of is if you need a private connection and you're going to transfer a lot of data. I mean, the scales are completely different, right? We're talking zero to one petabytes, you know, and then <laughs> we're talking about up, well, te- terabytes on the egress page. If you need to shift a lot of data, private link is, is probably going to be a, a, a really good addition um, to your, to your infrastructure. Right. Yeah, definitely the the re- the different re- going to different regions is insane, isn't it? Thinking about it after we just had that sort of scenario that we went through. Yeah, it, it, is that inter-region pricing as well? Yeah, there's there's no difference as far as I can see. That's just the price. There's different tiers. After one petabyte, it goes down to point four p. Yeah, so between one and five petabytes, and five plus petabytes is point three. Yeah, so it's like. It halves and then goes to like just over a third of the cost. It's just amazing that that would also be across regions as well. I'm not saying yeah, that's uh, well. That, yeah, I, I know that's the pricing is the pricing. It just seems a bit too good. Like I could, I could use, I could use private link to send petabytes worth of data from North America to Europe for 0.8 of a gigabyte each. Why wouldn't I do that? I don't know. Maybe it's just amazing. <laughs> I just <laughs> <laughs> well, the, th- the thing with cloud, a lot of cloud providers is is they they can sometimes get a bit of flack for bandwidth pricing, right? It can sting you, can't it? We've seen it some workloads. You know, if you were to have a traditional like co-located server or a dedicated host somewhere, you might just get a an internet pipe connected to it, and everything in you know, cloud environments is consumption-based, uh, largely, you know, and, and bandwidth is no exception. So so sometimes you can have instances with certain workloads that don't make sense in the cloud because of those bandwidth price uh, charges. Yeah, I've, I've just double-checked the page again, and I'm not seeing anything, say, additional charges for, re- you know, cross regions or anything like that. Okay. It's just... That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. I just, (laughs) well, it's just like if 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 you go to the bandwidth pricing page on Azure, right? There's like 15 different things you've got to look through and try and decrypt (laughs) where data is going to and all of those different things. Private link is just like, that's cool. We'll use Microsoft's connections and it's it's dirt cheap. 
And maybe that's just it. Maybe their peerings between their, you know, uh, data centers are just so much cheaper than going out to the internet and coming back in, right? You know? Well, they're they're the provider, aren't they, I suppose? They don't have to go through guessing so, yeah. the different yeah. jumps. That's the, uh, it, it must be because it's it's like an order of magnitude cheaper. You know? So, no, it seems amazing. We need to private link everything, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um that's really good. Is is there anything else that we've 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 missed or that you want to cover, Alan? No, I don't think there is. Um like I said, we use it we've used it for storage accounts for for Azure Vetch desktop and we we're starting to use it more for with um with with our customers around you know Microsoft Sentinel and bringing data up privately so yeah yeah no it's definitely it's really powerful technology um and it seems really fairly priced which gets me concerned because <laughs> <laughs> usually whenever if, if Alan and I are, are looking at different <laughs> like infrastructure in Azure we, we we're like oh that's great and then we'll look at it and it'd be like um what was it the other day we were looking at something and it was like 700 pounds a month or something like that oh that's why it's that good because it's you know oh was it the host it was the host wasn't it when we could you can buy a whole host in azure yeah that's it yeah and no sure dedicated hosts and you have to pay the windows license yeah and we wanted what's the um oh uh, wait there i'm gonna just um uh wait what are you thinking of? Uh, wait there a second. I I need to. Um, need to. You need to. It stop buzzing. Uh, service night. bus, service oh, bus. Yeah. Like uh, globally, a uh, high availability service bus is like very, very, very expensive. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is great. This could do all these things. And then you go through. You look at the documentation. It's like, oh, it supports this, 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 this. And you're like, yeah, I want all of those things. And then it's like here's how much it costs a month. And I'm like, okay, maybe I don't need all of those things because um, <laughs> what Alan and I uh, have have to do a lot of the time is to work out um, like composite SLAs on uh, infrastructure that we're building and how high availability and disaster recovery will be um, like handled. So you can pay people to take those problems away from you in that example of expensive service bus. Um but sometimes just the real world gets in the way and, and it's not possible to 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 to, to, to reach those uh, types of infrastructure, yeah. unfortunately. So um so yeah, no, uh, thank you very much for that, Alan. That was a great um great topic. Um and yeah, re- really useful service that we use all the time. So yeah, re- really good. That's all right. So um so Sam, what's what's the next episode? Okay, so uh, I'm doing the next episode on Azure API management. So if you've got APIs and you want to manage them <laughs> no, uh, and share them, manage them and consume them, sorry, <laughs> I had to do that, um, then this episode is definitely for you, especially if you've got legacy APIs that maybe weren't, uh, no, let's say they were built with in a different era with different types of technology. Um, API management can help you with that. Um, especially if you're stuck in the SOAP world as well. Um, so there's lots of functionality in API management um, that will take, uh, take us all through um, and try and apply some good use cases of where um, API management can help. 
Cool. That sounds sounds good. Yeah. So it's 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 a very feature rich um, product. So yeah, there's there's a there's a lot to talk about there. So um, yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, please do consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to this more sorts this. Uh, more of this sort of content in the future um, we will have many more topics that we like to cover and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward uh, we we also have the ability for you to give us some feedback um, did you enjoy this episode did you, did you disagree with us did we miss something did we butcher the egress internet out uh, bandwidth uh, pricing um, let us know we'd, we'd love to hear from you um, you can do it via our uh, link in the chat and that will take you to our contact page. Um, but if you want to, um, you're able to leave us a voice message in the bottom right corner of our pet of our website. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from you or um, yeah, your, your messages. We'd love to hear it. Cool. Thanks very much, Alan. And um, yeah, congratulations again on the MVP. Uh, big, big uh, achievement there. So so well done. And um, I'll speak to everybody next week. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Bye.